in the year 2505. We got this guy. He's going to fix everything. So you smile. The ordinary will be considered extraordinary. I thought your hair would be bigger. Idiocracy. For the smartest guy in the world, you're pretty dumb sometimes. Hello and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Today we're uh, talking about two very intelligent movies. And I'm speaking about them with my good friend, the owner of Ravenswood Media, David McGowan. Uh, thank you so much for coming on again, Dave. Thank you, Mike, for having me. Yeah. I think your career as a critic is off and running. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We were talking about movies about sort of America left in disarray. And with those meetings, our movies, uh, I think you brought up the idea of the film Idiocracy, which is a movie I haven't seen in a very I, – ever, actually. I don't, know, I don't know why I was going to say a very long time. You know why I was saying a very long time? Because I'd always run into it on Comedy Central. Uh, the movie came out, I believe, in 2005, and it ended up kind of becoming this – inadvertent internet meme where you know people would have the poster for idiocracy and it says this was supposed to be a movie not a documentary and uh unfortunately that movie has become painfully relevant and uh before we even get into uh uh sort of the relevancy of idiocracy uh and we're also going to talk about team america after this uh, I wanted to uh, get sort of what are your thoughts? Because I never thought in a million years Idiocracy would be the type of film you'd see. You know, <laughs> like that I personally would guy. see. Yeah. Huh. That's funny. No, I've I've got a sense of humor. Yeah. Well, it's it's not just that. It's just that it's a very lowbrow sort of humor film. You know, I grew and, up with Three Stooges, man. Yeah, but it's I okay. That's true. It is. It is. Uh, I mean, Three Stooges is lowbrow, but it still kind of has that old school feel to it, where there is a certain level of class to it. Um, but what, what were your thoughts on Idiocracy when you saw it, and why did you feel like bringing up that film? Oh well, it the premise was. Using uh, natural selection, because uh, what was it that uh, stupid people would forget to use condoms and the smart people use them too much and uh, we would slowly devolve into a nation of the stupid. Mm -hmm. And the president in Idiocracy, that, that black guy, what was What's that oh name? God, that that was Terry Crews. <laughs> yeah, he nailed it. And this sort of rah rah flag stuff, you know. Yes, reminds me of. Well, here's the thing: is that that character in Idiocracy who plays the president? Yeah, he's yeah. stupid, but he seems to have his heart show. in the right place. Yeah, as opposed to our current situation, where we have a stupid plus vicious president yeah. uh, so so it the movie was funny you know it was kind of kind of almost um uh sweet in a way 
the reality of us today is not. It's definitely scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny when you bring that up because uh, when I saw Idiocracy for the first time ever yesterday, by the way, Terry Cruz's character was President Cam- uh, Camacho. Um, <laughs> yes, and I think his full name was President Mountain Dew Camacho or something like that. Uh, Did they ever they, have a shot of him hugging the flag on a flagpole? I don't think I remember that, but it would be fitting. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, the thing about Idiocracy, uh, to your point, is I I uh, didn't particularly like the film, uh, but yeah, it didn't seem to paint everyone as uh, the racist, homophobic, bigoted. Uh, no, they're just stupid. Yeah. Yeah, they're just dumb. They're yeah. just dumb people who don't know any better. Where in reality, right. a lot of the dumb people uh, in America are the people who also are the cruelest and are, are, are outwardly so. Um, and the, the, I get, yeah, but, but the, but the, the thing was with idiocracy though, is although the movie kind of played these, uh, this nation of idiots sort of in a, in a lens that, uh, made it seem like, oh, they don't know any better. They're not actual bad people. Well, I'm not sure about that because if they thought that you were smart, they'd outwardly murder you. They put you in like a roller derby sort oh, of right. setting. Yeah, because Luke Wilson uh, couldn't fix everything instantaneously because they were basically watering the plants with Gatorade or right. Camacho, as they called it. Uh <laughs> Or I, I could look up what the name of it was, but they actually sold that drink as a real drink uh, in the uh, in the uh, uh, in the movie. Uh, what 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 uh, happened was because they could uh, because when he was watering these crops, like because all the crops on the earth have dissolved, it's sort of like what's going to happen with global warming, where all our crops are going to go away because. Uh, we have a lack. We're pumping carbon into the atmosphere. Yeah, right. we're we're car- pumping carbon monoxide into the atmosphere. We uh we, we're going to have basically a huge flood because all of our ice is melting, is causing our water levels to rise. Uh, but also on top of those floods, we're going to have a humongous dry period where we won't see rain or anything else. The crops will die. So after we've been drowned, we'll slowly starve to death and 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 we won't have any fluid intake so there won't be any water so essentially it was sort of i think a commentary on that so when luke wilson's character uh named joe bowers sort of like your average joe uh came up with the idea of watering the plants it took longer than expected because things were instantaneously fixed they decided you know, throw him into the monster truck rally and murder him. And I guess because he wasn't murdered and they saw that his plan actually did work when Maya Rudolph's Rita character brought in the plant and said, you see, it actually works to everyone in the crowd. Everyone decided, oh, you know what? He is trying to help us. Let's let's be nice to him now. And I was like, you know what? No, they're still murderers. They're still horrible people that outwardly uh, abuse you. Like if when Luke Wilson tries to say anything to the police when they throw him in the 
cruiser, they pepper spray him just because they could, you know, (laughs) because they understand what he was saying. He sounded too, too, I guess, in their terms. And this is sort of an outdated joke by today's standard. And I'm glad the vernacular has changed. But when you talked like a certain way, whether it be mindful or of intelligence, they'd say you sound faggy in the movie. Sort of like how people like, uh, you know, who live in the deep south would describe Bill Gates. Like, what's that faggy guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound like trying to tell me about how to save the save the world from coronavirus. Just stick with Microsoft, man. You know, so. Yeah, yeah kind of like the so. same thing we did to Al Gore. Yep, exactly. He talks funny. So we're not going to listen to him when he talks about global warming because he's just a politician. He doesn't know. Yeah. And he's fat. It's like, yes, but he's not a medical doctor. I have my thoughts about medical doctors who are fat, where it's like if you're a medical doctor and you're overweight, you can't tell me how to lose weights like you're not practicing your own message. But anyways, the thing is. Al Gore was talking about the environment, not weight loss. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a difference. And yeah, they're like, oh, he's fat and he sounds funny. I don't want to listen to him. So, yeah, the movie is certainly a reflection. But I, I don't think it went further beyond its initial concepts. Like once that I understood, OK, the world is stupid. Everyone's dumb. And Luke Wilson is this man of average intelligence you know, who never really did anything. You know, he was a Marine where their orders were, uh, what was it, uh, lead, follow, or get out of the way. He always decided to get out of the way. And, of course, that was uh, <laughs> meant to have you not uh, – that was an M.O. meant that, – that was initially in place so you, so, so you would be intimidated or feel sort of uh, – uh, unmasculated into uh, 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 doing your job. So, unfortunately, uh, uh, Joe Bowers always got out of the way, but here he decided to lead in the end. But still, his character was so passive and so like, oh, geez, I guess I'm going to get killed now. I couldn't really invest in him. I couldn't really invest in anyone. And and if if... If, if you're supposed to play this average intelligence calm person who doesn't overreact to everything, you still need that character to have feelings or react or something. The only moment where I felt anything from him was when he wakes up in the future and he realizes that his entire family and friends are dead and he's freaking out about it. That was like, okay, there's a person there. I care about this. But then outside of that, he just kind of had this OG whiz kind of attitude. So at the end of the movie, when he decided to fare with the people who try to kill him, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, no, these these people kind of need to be extinct in a way. Okay, but yeah. I think it's a concept film. It's you know, I don't think the character development is as critical because it. No, I mean, the title not. of it is idiocracy. There, you know, it's a parody, so it, it's that didn't bother me. But you had just brought up the the you know one of the central problems of this dystopian future was all their crops were dying. Yeah. Because they're pouring Gatorade on the yeah. crops. And it's, <laughs> that's funny because yeah. 
we all know that pouring Gatorade on crops is, is probably going to kill the plant. Yeah. But how much different is that than today where yeah. we are going through climate change mm-hmm. and the climate's changing? It's not changing for the better. It's getting worse. And yeah. it's because we're pumping carbon, black smoke into the atmosphere. Yep. It's yep. as ridiculous as pouring Gatorade on plants. It is. And the thing is, I guess the, the I guess the, the difference between idiocracy pouring Gatorade and us pouring carbon monoxide is the the people who are pouring oh wait, never mind. There is no difference. Because the people who have the Gatorade company, they know that it's poisoning right. the environment. But they don't care because they're right. making money from it. Exactly. While the people are so stupid that they 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 don't think about it. They say, well, it has electrolytes and yeah. electrolytes are good for you. And they don't even know what the hell electrolytes are. I Honestly, I don't know what electrolytes are. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's not like I mean, people's concept of electrolytes are probably it's probably like Trump's concept of injecting bleach into yourself and shoving a flashlight up your ass where all of a sudden you're going to turn into a fucking superhero if you do it. You know, obviously, that's not going to work. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that mirror today that are fascinating. I guess it's that, a that, mo- Well, that's what I was trying to point out is that, you know, like yeah. the character development. Yeah, you're probably right. It's, they didn't spend a lot of time on that. But yeah. it doesn't matter because these parallels, you know, that, which is how a concept movie works, is that these, these parallels in the parody, you know, when you stop and think about it, it they're, they're giving you a message for our own situation right now. Yeah. You know, uh, the parallels are great. The only thing is, if there was some character development, I'd care about the movie more than the initial concept, which, as you said, is a concept movie. But the the problem with concept movies is, as a storyteller, you should be able to exceed beyond the cons, uh, excel beyond the concept yeah. where we can invest in the entire 90 minute length of the film. And this movie's an hour, 24 minutes within about 30 minutes. I'm going, okay, I I get it. What else is there? And there really isn't anything. You could just kind of tell that um, even within the length itself, that Mike judge was just kind of trying to find a way to just squeak out a feature length within this film. And yeah, it just it just at a certain point, everything felt a little redundant. And I just would have liked to have seen something a little more, because if you look at his previous work, look at Office Space, for example, uh, that that that's a concept movie where it's about how horrible uh, working within an office setting is. But once uh, the main character of that movie sort of has a change where he wakes up from this coma that's been given to him where he's kind of permanently in this I don't care sort of state. And then he realizes, oh, wait, I do care about what's happening and I want to fight against the system like that made it a more interesting film that invested us into something more than the concept. So I guess that's sort of where my my issue with the film lies. Hmm. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's like. Was there a love interest, too? Wasn't he falling in love with someone? He didn't really fall in love with Maya Rudolph's character, Rita, who played a prostitute. Uh, but 
And it, it, it was just kind of like, well, I guess you're the only other person from my era that's alive. So we'll just get married, you know? <laughs> and I mean, unfortunately, even a prostitute was more intelligent than the average idiot out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, outside of our initial thoughts of the film, we can certainly, I would love to dive into how, because this is why this movie sort of established this cult following. Um, there's so many things in it that mirror today. Even when the movie came out, it was sort of ahead of its time concept-wise because of I was going on the IMDb trivia before I uh, watched the movie, and um, this movie was hardly uh, distributed by 20th Century Fox. It was hardly advertised because of the harsh criticisms it had towards the large corporations that it was mocking, such as Gatorade and Mountain Dew and Fuddruckers and all that. And 20th Century Fox was so concerned about that, they intentionally barely marketed the movie because they didn't want to anger their corporate overlords, which is exactly what happens to this movie. The corporate overlords literally transformed the entire food chain as to how society ate instead of, you know, eating your fruits and vegetables. They said, Oh no, just eat, you know, uh, our product. Uh, Oh, and the name of the Mountain Dew in the movie was called Brondo B R A W N D O. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they actually sold it as a real drink too, for a period of time. And it was successful too. Like it actually did pretty well. And eventually they, um, discontinued it. Actually, there's a website. I'm going to see if it's real or not still. But yeah, uh, it, it's just so weird how that movie was ahead of its time. Mike Judge came up with the concept of the film because he saw two women in a scooter in a Disneyland who were fighting over each other. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, he saw two mothers with kids in strollers fighting and cursing at each other. And he thought, how horrible would it be if humanity was like this in the future? And if you think about it, this movie came out around the time the Bush administration was was going on. You know, this is, I think, within his second term because we had the second election in 2004. This movie came out in 2005. Yeah. So there could have been that in the back of his head, too. Like, oh, my God. You know, we had 9-11 happen. This guy didn't really do anything to prevent it. And people still reelected him. I can't fucking believe we're this stupid. You know, so. I don't know. Uh, what what parallels did you find uh, fascinating with the film? Well, I kind of I, I wanted to bring this up. I like the uh, dystopian landscape that they cut to the city uh, view, and yeah. you'd see the skyscraper off in the distance. <laughs> that was kind of like off off base, and it had yeah. a giant roll of uh, duct tape wrapped around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was rich with these little visual cues, clues mm. about uh, uh, a dystopian future. Um, the president, I keep coming back to that, that guy and his embracing of masculine power, physical mm-hmm. power and shooting off a machine gun was he shooting off a machine yes gun? yeah he was at a certain point they made like a, a, a sort of this big victorious speech and i think luke wilson did and he like shot off his gun in the middle of the air 
you know, while flexing his muscles. Right. And the muscle thing. And also, didn't he wear the flag somehow? Yes, that was on his 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 uh, jacket. Yeah, that was basically his suit. (laughs) I mean, we just described Trump. Yes. Or what Trump wishes. I mean, Trump tries to pretend he's physically fit, but he's not. But uh, he, he makes that a big part of his his shtick, you know, that he's he's an alpha male and that, yeah. you know, he kisses the flag while it's on the flagpole. Yeah, he was but, like caressing it. He treated the flag like how he gropes women, essentially. Right. Yeah. Uh, God, I guess I, I, when you're a celebrity, they, the flags let you get away with it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, the the sort of embrace of the WWE, the world wrestling right. uh, entertainment industry. I'm trying not to say World Wrestling Federation. That was in the 90s. You know, Donald Trump was in the WWE. He was good friends with Vince McMahon, uh, still who, are. yeah, uh, he was like, like literally there, there's videos of him, you know, rushing Vince McMahon on the ring, punching him in the head. You know, the announcers are yelling, there comes Trump. And, and now we have a guy in the white house. When he first came in, he brought in like kid rock and some other stupid singer. I, I, I don't remember. It was, yeah, like meatloaf and, there was another guy. I think his name was like Gunn or something like Ted Nugent. That's it. Yeah. And and now it's like we're literally living in a reality TV dystopia. And and the, the funniest thing was when it came to the great garbage avalanche that happened, the thing that caused the avalanche was one little can of a beer. And the thing right. is, beer is not garbage. That's recyclable. Yet that's the thing <laughs> that causes the avalanche where they're throwing recyclables on top of garbage. But yes, it's it's a horrifying sort of like this movie used to be funny. Now it's more horrifying than anything. You know, before we went, oh, they don't know any better. But now, I mean, we, we have people who deny science outwardly. And uh, we have a country that I don't want to say is full of idiots because the thing is I was looking up the statistics for um, America. And the thing is, we're actually not as dumb as we seem. The problem is, is that we have an electoral college where the dumb people have a much bigger voice than they should. Because all the smart people who make the majority of this country, they go off into big cities and not just to Chicago or L.A. or New York. But, you know, they, they could go yeah, to the rural or bias. Detroit. Yeah. 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 And there are people in rural era, areas who are intelligent. But unfortunately, it's the Republican led states that, you know, like we have Florida, which is uh, uh garbage fire of estates i mean it's no secret to shit on florida and for people who are in florida who are listening to this show who actually believe in what we're saying uh i know you guys aren't part of them there are smart people who live in dumb states but unfortunately the dumb states have such 
an overwhelmingly loud voice that they drown out the intelligence of this country. If we had a popular vote, the Republican Party would never be in office. They would have not been in office for decades. But unfortunately, the Electoral College was created when these states were the majority but now we're no longer that, but they kept that system because it's easy to manipulate. Um, and unfortunately, those people are the ones that give America a horrible name and keep it in this backwards sort of state. Uh, what do you think of Amer- the standard American? <laughs> uh, um distracted you know that democracy is tough you know democracy demands that people pay attention to politics and uh you know you don't want to do that you know you got a life of your own and it's kind of annoying to have to pay attention to politics you wouldn't most people don't choose to pay attention, but it's only when it gets to this state that then it gets people's attention. And then thankfully, or hopefully they come through and, and make some good choices, which I think they are this coming election. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's, it's over as far as the uh, Trump administration, but it, it's not that they're stupid. It's that they're distracted and it's hard to get people. You have to, it's a responsibility to live mm-hmm. in a democracy, yeah. to stay informed. And it's a response, like a lot of responsibilities, you know, you're not always happily doing them, you know, that there's other things you'd like to do, you know, other things that get your attention. But I think when it gets so bad, like it is now, a larger portion of the population is starting to pay attention and, that's when things change. Well, I wish I could share that optimism because um, Donald Trump has proven time and time again that he is defying history. You know, I don't think we'd ever had would have had an impeached president who would be in charge of a pandemic I don't think a president who said the egregious things that Donald Trump has said would have even been close to winning the presidency. And he wasn't. If you look at the polls uh, from 2016, he didn't have a chance in a million years of winning. Every state leaned towards Hillary, yet he won. And again, the, the definition of stupid. I don't think it's just from your God-given birth IQ. I think the, the definition of stupidity is the, the, the complacency in willful ignorance. Like they say, ignorance is bliss. And people don't want to think about their lives, right? They don't go to the movies to to think about their problems they go to them to escape i go i love i mean i love star wars but i don't only watch star wars right but a lot of common americans do only watch star wars yeah and 
because because reality's too abusive and it weighs down on them. And in a lot of these rural states, because I've been to a lot of these places, they they are drowned in misinformation. They are drowned by the Fox News cycle where Fox News still dominates the uh, ratings. I mean, uh, as of June 2nd, 2020, they're, they're, uh, they, they still own the ratings. But CNN Prime did jump to 117%. I didn't even know you could get past 100%. So <laughs> shows how smart I am. Uh, but the, the thing is, we, we love our corporate overlords. And as much as I like to say, down with the corporations, don't shop there. I know I'm still going to if if I'm hungry and there's a McDonald's open in the middle of the night, and nobody else is open. I'm going to go to that McDonald's. I'm still going to buy that product that's made in China um, because it's accessible. And the thing is, we are in terms of being, quote unquote, woke in this country. I think a lot of people are. And the, the 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 big enormous difference in this election that we're going to have to do is that in 2016, despite the obvious uh, cheating that Trump did when it comes to hacking voting machines and when it comes to uh, controlling social media uh, via um, producing fake stories, is that people can't be discouraged to vote. We can't have people like I was a Bernie Sanders supporter, but I know. That hey, I time to let that go. We gotta elect a competent, reasonable adult, and Joe Biden is that. So I know to go vote for him. You know, good. So, uh, you have a lot of people who are saying, "Well, no, I, I, uh, Bernie Sanders didn't win, and it's him or nobody, Bernie or bus, right?" But when you had that sort of ideology, then you let the idiots go out and vote, much like how the idiots in the beginning of Idiocracy, they went out and had kid after kid after kid, although they couldn't financially support them. And it wasn't realistically a good idea to uh, populate the earth with more of their seed. They decided to do that anyways. And the people at the beginning of the movie, they... Uh, they didn't. They they were smart and decided not to have children, and uh, it's a it's a that's sort of an issue where, I mean, I have a niece and nephew, and I love them to death, but I also think it's kind of a narcissistic thing to have children in this day and age, because um, you're introducing children to a world where it seems like global warming is irreversible and there's no hope or future left for them. But people sometimes want to have children because it, they want to post pictures on Facebook about how great their life is that they have kids. And, and, and they also want to fill sort of this empty void in their life where they think societally you, you need to have children, you know, in order to be happy. Um, and that's a complicated issue because honestly, I would I want to have children myself, but I'm afraid of the world I'll bring them into. Uh, and I'm not saying that people who have children are narcissistic, although I sort of stated that. But I just think that it, it's a complicated banner, and we are overpopulating this earth as they are in this movie. So this movie does bring up a lot of deep philosophical questions that 
uh, transcended beyond its initial concept. I guess that's why it's a movie that people look at today. Well, obviously, he had no idea that Trump would be president. This is, what, 12 years before that actually happened. Mm -hmm. But it's just uh, really remarkable how prescient some of his themes in that movie were and how they mirror what actually transpired, you know, that Mm -hmm. we've got, what was his name? We got President Cambucho. Yeah. (laughs) And... uh, Camacho. Uh, yeah, kombucha. And that we've got a population of people that instead of pouring Gatorade on plants and making them die, we're dumping tons and tons of carbon into the atmosphere. It's just as stupid as pouring Gatorade on plants Absolutely. and being surprised that they die. We know it's wrong. Yeah. We know it's wrong. And uh, we can't seem to stop you know it's which which is stupid you know <laughs> or idiotic which is mm-hmm. i guess you know his point 12 16 years ago yeah well as uh, the old saying goes uh those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it and uh, that's exactly what happened in real life uh i, I the the best the, the i think um <clears throat> Two of my favorite points of that movie was that uh, President Camu- uh, Cam- Camacho, it's a hard name to remember. Uh, President, Ca- it's so idiotic, it's hard to remember. President Camacho, he promised the people that within one week, uh, uh, Luke Wilson's character, Joe Bowers, is going to fix everything. He's going to fix the economy. He's going to heal the crops. You know, he's going to be like Jesus and heal everyone. That everybody will be so tired of winning that they'll say, hey, stop winning so much. Mm hmm. Yeah. And of course, I'm I'm riffing Trump. It sounds just like Trump. Remember when he said that? um, No. What what did he say exactly? I'm sorry. He he goes. We're going to be winning so much when I'm president that you're actually going to say to me. Sir, stop winning so much. We can't take it. It's it's too much winning. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's you know, it's just like idiocracy. Like the oh, in one week this guy's gonna fix everything. It's stupid. But yeah, people in the movie people waited up, you know. We thought we were watching a parody. Fast forward 15 years. <laughs> it's People are eating it up, you know, although now I think less people are eating it up than than before. Well, we'll find out in November. (laughs) That's what I keep saying. And I mean, we should really have an election be two weeks long or a month long, in my opinion. But that's systematic change that would need radical overhaul. Um, and, and, And that magical thinking, I think, goes on both sides, whether there's the Bernie or bust people. Or it's the Trump people. And and people think that, that everything could be fixed within a day. And, of course, when everything wasn't fixed in a day, they go from loving Luke Wilson to wanting to murder him. Uh, and he had that speech. Well, let's hope that gets to be let, – let's hope that happens in reality. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is that with Obama, 
you know, he he wanted to inspire hope and change, but because not everyone was rich and not everything and everything wasn't instantaneously better and it was eight years and why hasn't it fixed? People don't understand. Things take decades to fix. They take a long, long time. But because it didn't happen right away with Obama, you know, although we weren't we didn't have a pandemic, we were even actually because of Obama Ebola didn't hit this country. He prevented that with his global $100 million CDC office that Trump shut down. Uh, and we didn't have any wars. Times were pretty calm and pretty nice. But because everything wasn't magically fixed, everyone turned against him. And they went from Barack Hussein Obama to white supremacist Donald Trump because he – told everyone what they wanted well, to not hear. Yeah, not exactly. We had a bad candidate, too. Well, yeah, Hillary was boring. and Not, not that. I mean, if she was competent, she's a smart woman, she would have made a great president. I think so, but too. But her negatives were so high because she had been the victim of Fox News for, like, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. She was, and... she, she was an industry her name, her brand was an industry to Fox News. They spent every minute of every hour, you know, trying to come up with nonsense about her. And, and it, you know, even though it's not fair, that's what the situation was. And really, the Democrats had no business nominating her. No, they didn't. And the thing was, I think she would have been a wonderful president. Uh, but there's a wonderful line. I absolutely love this line in uh, Oliver Stone's Nixon, where this is the first ever televised debate between Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy. And of course, as, as you might remember, um, Nixon appeared sweating at the brow in the front. So, you know, he yep. didn't look so good. And that affected the debate. It didn't matter how well he did. It was how he looked. And they say in Nixon, you know, when they're behind the screen monitor or whatever, you know, in the booth, they say, well, what does it matter? It's not a beauty contest. Well, now it has turned into a beauty contest. And the more attractive candidate, not only physically, but in terms of charisma, is usually the one that wins. Uh, Hillary uh, Al Gore didn't have as much charisma as George W. Bush. He lost. John Kerry didn't have as much charisma as Bush either, so he lost. Uh, Hillary Clinton came off as stiff and robotic, so she lost against Trump. Uh, Joe Biden, I, I, I'm afraid he's going to lose because he, he has a stuttering problem. He's had it since childhood. And Trump is great at just blurting out whatever bullshit comes out of his mouth. And as long as he appears as confident, it doesn't matter how factually inaccurate he is. He gets the soundbite in. And like everyone in idiocracy, they they don't care about facts or figures or intelligence or nuanced conversations. They just want the simple blurb, the soundbite. And that's what Trump gave people, and that's what he's going to give them in this next election. And, uh, yeah, it, it brings an enormous amount of doubt 
for Joe Biden's campaign that I'm fearing. I mean, Bernie Sanders would have won because I know plenty of Republicans, my grandparents included, who said that they would have voted for Bernie Sanders because he had those sound bites, but he also had a policy behind it. Uh, but yes, we live in a very ADHD sort of nation when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, so Idiocracy is, is, is a movie that transpires beyond it, uh, beyond what it says. There you go. Yeah. Are we going to move on to yes. Team America? You saw Team America for the first time ever yesterday, and uh, this is this kind of goes on the other end of stupidity, where sort of both sides are attacked, the left and the right. And I wanted to get your take on what did you think of Team America, which is as lowbrow as it gets in terms of humor, and also as absurd as it gets at the same time. Uh... It's a, you know, definitely it's a, it's a parody, um, you know, and why they chose puppets. Um, I remember a TV show from the sixties that had puppets mm. that did a sort of team America thing. Uh-huh. But, uh, and maybe that's what it was riffing on. But mm. in this case, it was like team America would go to save to, to interrupt the terrorist attack and end up creating more carnage than the terrorists could ever have dreamed of. Yeah. They blew up the pyramids. They blew, they blew up the Louvre. <laughs> they blew up the Eiffel Tower. And they seem blithely unaware of what they've done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, they are oxymoronic to their own statement. You know, they're trying to stop the terrorists, but yet they're the terrorists themselves. You know, they're destroying everything in sight. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen or watched South Park, but yeah. this this is okay. Yeah, this is these are the same guys. Uh, oh, yeah, you can tell by the voices. Like they voice all the characters themselves, outside of a few select members of the cast. And this movie was basically a gigantic parody on sort of blind patriotism. You know, if you've ever watched a Michael Bay movie or a Jerry Bruckheimer production, something like Con Air or Transformers, you know, it, 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 it's sort of a reflection on those. I, I, this has always been one of my favorite comedies. Uh, the reason they chose puppets was because they thought it would be cheaper and more affordable to do it with those uh and easier to make the film as well and it turned out to be the exact opposite and they said they'd never make a sequel to team america again because of how frustrating that process was um oh. yeah but uh, um i always liked it because uh nobody could really kind of go after both sides of the aisle like the like trey parker and matt stone does uh, they they even wrote a book called South Park Conservatives, uh, which was which kind of argued the point that Trey Parker and Matt Stone were Republicans. They even went on stage recently and said we are Republican, which I think that and there was at some liberal benefit, but I think they were just doing it to piss everyone off there, because if you know anything about 
Trey Parker and Matt Stone is they like to wave a gigantic middle finger in front of everyone and they don't care uh, who they piss off. And this movie just does a wonderful job at kind of attacking sort of the Hollywood elites, sort of everyone who's in the industry of, 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 of uh, bringing out their own voice in terms of speaking up uh, regarding politics. What, what did you think? Of, what, what, what were your thoughts of how they made fun of like Alec Baldwin and Michael Moore and Helen Hunt and Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins and Sean Penn and all those guys? Uh, yeah, that was funny. I, I was glad they did it. You know, the, those actors, celebrity, rich celebrity actors are always uh, a good target for, <laughs> for, for mockery. Yeah. However, I I want you know I was I was kind of weirded out by the acronym uh, Film Actors Guild. <laughs> Another movie that used you know now I've talked about like four movies in a row that have been using the word fag. I don't know what's going on here. It was first it was the Bill and Ted one and two, uh, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey, and now it's with uh, 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 Idiocracy and Team America. Yeah, I'm not particularly PC. I mean, I yeah, uh, but I I remember feeling a little uh, uncomfortable with it. Yeah, like, that's that's a little over the top, but okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that movie uh, came out in 2004, so that might that might explain why. Man, that acronym really lasted for a well, long time. Well, if that's the case, then you know that it it has seeped into people my age. Mm. That 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 I watched something like that movie from 15 years ago, and I'm just a little shocked that they're saying that. Whereas 15 years ago, I may not have been shocked at all. I may have just accepted it, like, hey, that's funny. <laughs> well, the the thing is, is that uh, to the defense of that joke, uh, the South Park creators actually dissected sort of that word. In an episode of their show where they had these guys who were Harley Davidson motorcycle guys and they try to come off as these dumb, you know, as like these dumb, tough guys like you see in uh, 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 Idiocracy and everyone on the uh, streets would be like calling them faggots and stuff like that. Although they're like, I'm not a fag. I'm a guy in a motorcycle. I'm tough. And they're just talking about how. The way the word sounds is funny because you're emasculating someone who's trying to come off as if they are tough. And I guess in terms of that, uh, I found that funny. But I guess uh, to your point, it does sound a little out of date. You know, with Team America, they probably could have came up with something instead of calling the Screen Actors Guild with the Film Actors Guild, calling them fags. Uh, but again, I don't think they w- were targeting the gay community, although it certainly doesn't seem right to use sort of a, you know, because it's almost like using the N word today, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, it it doesn't age so well. They did have a great, yeah. the, the best sex scene between puppets I've ever seen. Oh my God. Uh, actually, that scene goes even further because of how crass this movie is they there if you watch this movie uh i call it, i think it's called this movie is not yet rated it's about the american censorship uh board 
and how it's run. Yeah. And uh, the the the, uh, the do we have one anymore? <laughs> uh, yeah, they they're very prominent. Uh, but well, yeah, I guess now with uh with the with the with the extinction of movie theaters, we might not. Uh, but. They actually filmed different versions of that sex scene, and it gets graphic to the extent like they did it so they would hit an NC-17 rating to distract the ratings board from all the other stuff that was in the movie, and it worked. So, like in the other versions, they had like Gary taking a shit on the girl's chest, and like the girl pissing on Gary's face, and oh, just God. like, <laughs> yeah, it's like all this. <laughs> <laughs> the the vomit scene uh, uh stood out too. Yeah, a mixture of beer and soup is how they made the vomit. That was absolutely fantastic. Like you gave up on life, didn't you? You fucking bum! And he just vomits for like a minute and a half straight. <laughs> they keep kicking up the music again and again. They actually the 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 most interesting thing with that movie is the composer Harry Gregson Williams. He's the guy who composes all of Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer films. And they brought him on to score this film. And the cinematographer for this movie was the guy who shot the Matrix sequels, Reloaded and Revolutions. Oh. And he's yeah, and he said he wanted to shoot something that didn't involve so much green screen. So, like, all these guys who actually worked on these productions that they're making fun of came on to this production and uh, and, and, and did these things because they thought, you know, this would be fun to do. This would be fun to make fun of the stuff that they probably get annoyed to death of working on. But right. yeah, I, yeah. What did you think of sort of his message of patriotism in the film? Well, uh, yeah, a, a very uh, twisted ideas of patriotism. Uh, <laughs> Is I, it? Like, it's kind of mirrors today. Yeah. Well, sort of. I. You know, this movie is different than Idiocracy. Idiocracy was was actually they they were trying to create some sort of message or saying, "Hey, yeah. um, we make these dumb decisions, and we don't have to." Whereas with Team America, it's just let's just come up with ridiculous stuff. It's not nearly as informative about the current political situation i i don't think maybe because they were trying to give both sides equal time you know with with the alec baldwin actors along with kim jong-un yeah his father yeah yeah um yeah i mean still i mean it was funny it wasn't nearly as political as idiocracy idiocracy was uh, somewhat political yeah it's not as nuanced i'd say that uh it, it's very much a fuck everybody sort of angle because on the right you have you know the mouth breathing conservatives who love anything that's red white and blue and for their country and against everyone else because that's what they do it's america fuck yeah and fuck yeah yeah, <laughs> we're coming to save the motherfucking day, America. Fuck yeah! It, it's <laughs> such a catchy theme. I love it. Uh, and That's true. That's true. You're you're right. That that is more like 
they do share a lot with idiocracy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, yeah, it's about the dumb American who, like, they're so stupid that the people who are actually defending their country, they don't realize, are blowing up other countries and killing other people, you know. And then on the other side of the aisle, they're making fun of the actors who really, maybe some of them don't know enough about what they're talking about, but yet they want to use their notoriety as a platform to get their word across. And right. personally for me, I'm okay with actors being political because they give a voice to people who otherwise can't speak up for themselves and they can make an impact. But <laughs> you have people like Sean Penn where he just gives a bad name to sort of the points of his that I agree with. But at the same time, Sean Penn, you know, has physically abused people that he was married to. I think he tied Madonna to a chair at one point and like left her there while he went to some award ceremony, then came back while she was still tied to it. And then he wrote some envelope to Trey Parker, Matt Stone that ended in saying severely, uh, sincerely, fuck you, Sean Penn. And I remember when he went, won his Oscar above Mickey Rourke. Remember when Mickey Rourke had that huge comeback for the wrestler? Yeah. And he, yeah. And he lost against Sean Penn, who played Harvey Milk. And I thought oh. Sean Penn's portrayal of Harvey Milk was one of the dumbest, most insulting portrayals of a gay man I saw placed on screen. Because if you watch the documentary, The Life and Times of Harvey Milk, Harvey Milk did not sound the way that Sean Penn portrayed him in that movie. Harvey Milk just sounded like a standard individual. Like, hello, I'm Harvey Milk. Maybe there was a slight effeminate cadence to him, but not much. But yet, Sean Penn's like, I'm Harvey Milk! I'm gay! I like to blow guys! You know, and it's just like, what the hell are you doing? Like, is this how you think gay people sound or like wh what the fuck is that and i get right. that some gay people sound like that i have a cousin you know sounds a lot like that who's gay but to, to just portray him like that was one of the laziest dumbest things and immediately when they said sean penn over mickey rourke i said fuck this and i walked out the room because i knew he was going to say something political that i'd agree with but I don't like the way how he says this in this condescending, fuck you, I'm smarter than you sort of way. And I guess that's where the movie took issues with celebrities who sort of act very smug about their beliefs. I think his best role was Fast Time at Ridgemont High. Yeah, and he's been trying to escape that role like his entire career. He's like, I he want nailed to. Uh, it. Because he was that. He is that, you know. I'm sorry, but, like, I'm sorry, dude, but I liked you better as Spicoli than all the droopy, sad, depressed roles that you played. Like, I, I don't know. He's a good actor, but, you know, like, every role, he just kind of plays, like, the same. I'm on the verge of punching someone in the face or breaking down into tears. Uh, but, yeah. ugh. 
Sean Penn. Uh, I mean, I know right now he's actually it. Re- I think he resides in Chicago right now, and he actually has been helping us out a lot in terms of COVID nineteen closures and providing people with masks. So maybe I should shut up and thank him. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it might Sean be prudent. Penn. Yeah, he might be prudent. He might beat up women. He might uh, smoke cigarettes on the set of a talk show um, and and demands he's going to anyways and doesn't care if he does. But at the end of the day, he does do some good things for people, I guess. Uh, I just remembered another thing he did that annoyed me, but I'm not going to. But yes. Um, yeah, Team America. I mean, I guess you could say it's a shallow film, but I do like how it does. Well, that's the nature of it. I mean, it's just a parody. Yeah, that's why you watch it. That thing with the the guy insisting that the main puppet go down on him. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty weird, too. Oh, God, there's so many jokes where it's like I I made these jokes as a little kid. You know, like I remember I had a a toy of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn says to Obi-Wan, if you love me, then why don't you have sex with me? And then, you know, I'd have them like blowing each other and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, I was a kid. Okay. These are different times. All right. Sure. Yeah. 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 I'm not judging. Yeah. It's okay. I'm judging myself. It's Uh, 20 yeah, exactly. I think everything is changed to a certain lens. Okay, uh, but um, I guess what what one thing is: was there anything about Team America that might have annoyed you? Hmm. There, there is, and I because I remember when I was watching it, I was thinking, um, what was it? It just uh, some some things were getting predictable. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch uh, that cartoon. What's Parker House? What's it called? Parker, Colorado. <laughs> What's it? South Park? South Park. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of want to get an outside perspective on all the stuff because people who like South Park love South Park. Like, I love South Park. I love Trey Parker, Matt Stone. So I wanted to hear from someone who isn't quite familiar with it. So when you uh, when you want to milk a sacred cow, you, um, <laughs> yes, and you're like... going to do it for ninety minutes. <laughs> after a while, it becomes too predictable. Yes, yes. And so yeah. you're waiting for the you know the uh, the put down or the joke or whatever. You, it's telegraphed in some ways. It wasn't a surprise. Yeah, it's like, okay, so now they're going to say a dick joke or they're going to talk about, you know, like potty humor or something like that right. because they, they can. Yeah, kind of like the, the famous speech. The world is filled with three types of people. Oh, that was good. Pussies and assholes. All right, that yeah. was good. That was That was really well done. That was actually great because it's kind of like, in a way, it's absurd. But it's also kind of true, you know, which is a weird no, right. thing, you know, because because you you watch it and you're like, yeah, Donald Trump is a dick, you know, and as a dick, he takes all the assholes 
who are his supporters and he fucks them. And then there are people on the left who are pussies who are too scared to sort of like really fight against him, you know, to really speak out harshly enough against there him. There you like, go, yes, man. You, him and stuff like that. You just nailed it. Yeah. But the problem is when Donald Trump is fucking those assholes and the pussies don't do enough and they're very close to him. So they're only an inch and a half away from him. <laughs> right. It becomes a huge mess and he might win again and then we'll just get shit all over us. So there you go. There we go. <laughs> you summed up the entire situation. Yeah, exactly. So you see, they were on to something. They were on to something. But yeah, well, isn't having... it ironic though that the two movies we chose came out within a year of each other? I noticed that as I was looking as I was looking up Team America's date as we were speaking, and I went, "Oh my god!" Like no wonder, like people in the two thousands were constantly dropping the f word. Like this is nuts. <laughs> it's, yeah. And, I, I, well, patriotism got really big then too mm-hmm, because, because of 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. With George Bush uh, standing on the hangar bay with mission accomplished and he had the flight suit on. Yeah. And he was sorry he did that. <laughs> did he say he regretted it? Oh, yeah. You see, here, here's the thing with George Bush relating to idiocracy is George Bush was a guy who I think was manipulated by someone like Dick Cheney who was just kind of, he's not as dumb as Donald Trump, but he wasn't really like an evil, bad guy. He was just, yeah, he was just kind of this bimbo who went along with what his administration was saying when they said, we're going to go after the terrorists because they attacked us and uh, Iraq must have nukes. He didn't know that they were making that shit up. I don't think he knew that Dick Cheney was telling him. I, again, that's all theoretical. Right. Um, but Donald Trump is not only dumber than George W. Bush, but he's as evil, if not worse, than Dick Cheney. And what works in his favor is that he, as long as you appear confident you can kind of get away with anything in a way, you know, and I wish I had Donald Trump's confidence. I'll say that, you know, because I could like, if I was dumb about a fact or I got something wrong, I could say, no, I was right. You're wrong. Fuck you. And then it's like, there, I took away your ammo. I just said, I'll just ignore you. You know, I'll walk away from the interview. If someone says something I disagree with and that's his strategy. And boy, when he debates Joe Biden, when Joe's st- 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 stumbling over one of his statements, what was I saying again? I don't know. Huh? And like Donald Trump's going to take he's going to take advantage of that. He's going to fucking cream him, I'm afraid. And it's going to be horrible. I don't I, I don't see it, but. Okay. God, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. <laughs> uh, because we always say I remember we were speaking a while back. And when it came to Trump's impeachment, you're saying that's it for him. He's done. He's done. Well, he's okay. He's done. Have you taken a look at his poll numbers? So he's done. Well, we could look at the poll numbers back in 2016, and we were singing the same. Not, trip. not, not the same. I hope you're right, my friend. I sincerely <laughs> do. I sincerely do. I, I, I want more than anything to be wrong. Okay. And that's another thing where dumb people go against Bill Gates. 
where they say, well, you know what? He's happy. He's saying I'm right. Like, no, Bill Gates does not want to run a fucking victory lap knowing that hundreds of thousands of millions of people are going to die. Okay. He's actually trying to help you. But because he talks funny, you don't like him. Okay, I'm sorry. It's the same way people are reacting to a video game called The Last of Us 2 because they're playing as a muscular woman, and that scares them. Um, oops, let that opinion out. <laughs> uh, yeah. but... <sighs> Anyways, I guess we kind of exhausted what we thought I think about we have. movies. Yeah, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, wh- where... Um, where can we find you uh, via Twitter, via website, all that stuff? Right now, nowhere. Really? I'm taking a little break from it, yeah. Ravenswoodmedia.com? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so- yeah, you can go to ravenswoodmedia.com, although my site got hacked. So if you go up on Google and, and put in Ravenswood Media, it, tur- it, it shows the search results, shows my company name but underneath it is a bunch of ads for viagra <laughs> oh gosh i'm sorry yeah That's, yeah i, I had figure that out i had something happen similar to my site recently and i resolved the issue thank How'd god you do it uh i changed the security on it more or less so was it, I, was it what i'm describing uh, no, I didn't have Viagra oh. ads. What I had was, um, a lot of, um, basically you pulled up the site and it said that it was private and you couldn't access it and stuff like that. Oh. So, yeah, like you couldn't even open the damn thing. And I contacted Squarespace and I, I got it, I got it resolved. But yes, Is uh, you Squarespace can still. Squarespace like GoDaddy? No. Uh, oh. GoDaddy, you buy domain names. But anyways, I, I think we're getting a little off topic here. But, yeah, we are. Uh, in order to promote you, though, I am going to drop something you don't like. Uh, you don't like being dropped, but uh, David is an Oscar nominee, and you could, if you Google Mark like of the Maker, <laughs> yeah, okay, so there you go. Google Mark of the Maker. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll include a link to the film on YouTube, so please send me that, and uh, you can check out his Oscar-nominated short uh, from 1993. The uh, year that um, uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs won Best Picture. Uh, so, yeah, go check that out. David, thank you so much for coming on. I can't Thanks, wait to talk Mike. about some movies that are maybe not as contemporary because I guess these still count as contemporary. I'm at that age now where my movies are considered old films, which is very Uh-oh. strange. Yeah, Batman 1989 is considered old now. Um, so... Yeah, well, I was like three when it came out, too. Uh, so, no, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, please uh, check my stuff out on my functioning website. I make uh. damn sure it's functioning. <laughs> and I make sure that it works every day at ypareviews.com. The YPA stands for you'll probably agree. And even if you don't agree, please constructively tell me why instead of sending insulting memes. All right. Thank you so much, David. Uh, Thank you, Mike. And America, fuck yeah. Have a happy 4th of July. Uh, Launch your fireworks. And please show your true patriotism by voting the orange asshole out. Uh Oh, Oh, I'm not supposed to talk politics on my show. Fuck it. I don't care.